Did the Hawks get better at the trade deadline on Thursday? This is what we got. And this is why something we feel for our group gives us some of that, again, flexibility to do a lot of different things. Welcome to the Hawks Report, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Lauren Williams, the Hawks beat reporter here at the AJC. And I mean, the Hawks made a bunch of moves today. Well, a few. But today we're going to get a chance to talk about that. We're joined by AJC columnist Michael Cunningham and Sports and Features writer Gabe Burns uh, to discuss all of those moves. So, Michael, Gabe, did the Hawks get better today? They did get better because they sent out Justin Holiday and Frank Kaminsky. That's two players who weren't playing. And they acquired two guys who I think will probably be part of the regular rotation and Sadiq Bey and Matthews. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also got Bruno Fernando, who maybe could find a role. But even if he doesn't, they got better because they got guys who are going to play and sent out guys who weren't. Yeah, I feel the same way. They definitely got better. You know, Bay's a guy, too, that 23 years old, there's still some some upside here. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. This is the Hawksport from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Welcome back, guys, to the Hawks Report from the AJC. So I think what we want to start with today, though, before we get into all of the other moves, are you know is is the move that didn't happen. I think a lot of us were wondering whether John Collins uh, would still be here when the trade deadline was over. And I honestly didn't even think the Hawks were going to make a move today. I just couldn't figure out how they would do it, but they did. And they were able to keep their starting unit intact. So when you guys look at, you know, the fact that John Collins is still here after yet another trade deadline, are you guys surprised by that? It's good that he's sticking around because it feels like every trade deadline and offseason would be boring now without John Collins rumors. feels like that's a staple of this yeah. whole process. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> surprised is a strong word considering how many times we've been through this, right? Yeah. I will say I was surprised he wasn't dealt last offseason because mm-hmm. it seemed like there was some real momentum to finally mm-hmm. move him. Mm-hmm. And I think once again, he's going to be one of the top names we hear about in the in the coming summer. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see. Uh, ultimately, like I know Woj reported that, you know, they were talking in heavy talks with Phoenix before the Durant deal. So maybe things just you know didn't work out, but we'll, certainly they'll probably be revisiting that in, you know, this summer. Yeah, I'm not surprised because of, uh, of the contract. I think the perception now is that he's he's overvalued. I think a lot of that is a circumstance he finds himself in. Um, mm-hmm. 
he was a, he was a good player for the Hawks when he was kind of the pick and roll guy with Trey Young, and then Clint Capella comes in and he becomes the pick and roll guy, and now John is kind of in a, in a role that doesn't fit him as well as mm -hmm. the previous role he had. Is kind of a, a you know standing in the corner shooting threes. Uh, they've tried to give him some opportunities on the wings, but he doesn't really have the handles to be that kind of three four type. So I think in the role they're using him now, he's probably making too much money. And I thought maybe another team would say, hey, we can get him back to the role he had before, but it's not surprising that a, a team didn't bite. For sure, you talk about the contract, but also you look at, you know, through 55 games, he's still averaging lowest points per game, lowest field goal attempts, lowest three-point shooting percentage since his rookie year. So Michael, what would you expect the right price or what do you think the right, right price should have been to, to get Collins um, on his way to another team? I mean, if somebody would take on that contract, if if the Hawks aren't going to use him in the mm -hmm. way that he's shown that he's uh, most valuable, I would have taken any kind of like rotation player back. Mm -hmm. Definitely would have taken a pick back. But, you know, that's going to be tough to get. I think they, they you know, considered moving him and tried to move and they found that the market just wasn't to their liking. So in that case, he's probably more valuable to them than he is the other team. Um, so you just keep him and hope that he can improve on those things you're talking about, especially mm -hmm. his three point shooting. We've seen him be a good three-point shooter especially from that corner so you kind of hope he he gets back to that at least and uh you know you can get some value out of him yeah and, and we were able to hear from Landry Fields following the the Hawks's uh game against the Suns John Collins got off to a great start you know he scored uh 16 points only had two rebounds but uh there are a lot of other factors that led to that but Landry Fields kind of sidestepped the question when I asked was there a deal that fell through? Why why didn't that work? So here's what Landry Fields said when um, I asked about the John Collins trade or lack thereof. Well, our focus is on what was before us and with John, John's valuable player. And uh, yeah, a guy who's always in, in the media, who always handles himself with unbelievable grace and professionalism, like that's valuable for us. And that's something that we, that we adore at the end of the day. And so, and this team to come out today with all that noise is good. So when you guys hear Landry talk about John's professionalism and the fact that he came and, as they, as the kids say, showed out following another trade deadline with him re remaining in Atlanta, I mean, what does that say about about this team's uh, thoughts on Collins? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. He didn't really say anything about his play. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a tell. But he is right, the things he said about Collins and his professionalism. I mean, I think all these trade rumors and everything he's you know he's always been rumors about trades have been rumors about him and trades relationship uh, rumors about whether Collins is happy with his role but mm -hmm. to me he comes out and he, he does his best every night and he, he remains professional and I think you know there is some some value in that when you're trying to build a culture he is a guy that you want around for your culture but it was interesting that Landry Fields didn't say hey much about him as a no. player it was more about his approach but he's right about that yeah, and, you know, it's it's pretty crazy. He's been in trade rumors since before he signed this contract mm -hmm. right. that, you know, has obviously affected how mm -hmm. teams view him as Michael covered. So I'm sure they had – I'm sure that the what teams were willing to offer was a lot different than how they valued mm -hmm. how they valued him, obviously. And you look around, really, the reported asking prices that we kept hearing, you know, Toronto was the team everyone was talking about for really over mm -hmm. a month, mm -hmm. and they end up – I mean, they actually were buyers. They end up not moving any of those guys. Mm -hmm. We heard all the crazy prices for Ananobi. Mm -hmm. So there was certainly it was a weird trade market. Um, no one expected the Nets to completely implode and trade their guys that quickly. <laughs> 
Um, but overall, I mean, it just seems like there were some really high prices set on guys like Ananobi, like John Collins, that teams just weren't really ready to meet. And I also think when you look back at the offseason, seeing the things that like Rudy Gobert commanded, I mean, I think that in, in some ways drives the value or, or the asking price that the Hawks need to do down. And I think also um, probably would have had to include a pick to get rid of Collins and the Hawks don't have many of those now because okay. they gave up so many for Murray. So they I think they kind of have to really hold on to the picks, especially as their payroll gets closer to the to the, uh, luxury tax line. Mm -hmm. They want to have some younger, cheaper guys on the roster. So if it would have taken a first round pick to get rid of Collins, that might, you know, kill some of the value you get by getting rid of that contract, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So um, that's a factor to consider as well. Well, they weren't shy about giving up second round picks today. <laughs> um, I mean, they gave up, what, seven in total, five of which brought aboard a guy like Sadiq Bey, who they, they were able to acquire through um, the Warriors from the Pistons. Now, when you guys look at a guy like Sadiq Bey, Gabe, you touched on it earlier in the show. He's a guy that has a lot of upside. So how much does Sadiq Bey kind of improve this roster, this rotation that the Hawks can trot out? I guess we'll see, right? Um, we'll see kind of how they how he looks here, mm -hmm. how he looks in this environment, and if he can really become you know a more efficient player like what he was his rookie season. And mm -hmm. we've kind of again like I'm fine with paying the price they paid because we've seen what he can give you, you know, when he's at his best and he's playing well. So and again, there's some there's some more potential there that you can get into and help you out. And this team needed it. So yeah. I'm fine with the price. Uh, we saw a lot of second round picks thrown around today, which was pretty interesting. Yeah. But over, I mean, we'll, it's hard to say exactly how it's going to help. Mm -hmm. I just know that they're in a better spot than they were earlier. And Michael, you, you ended up asking Landry feels about giving up all of those second picks. And if teams are now starting to place a little bit more value on it, here's what he had to say about that it's still still a lot of value to give up and that's the value that we saw in, in those guys and we understood what we had to do in order to make that work uh, for us to maintain some financial flexibility to the future and still equip our team with guys that we really like and still maintain core pieces was really important to us so considering that you know a lot of teams the asking price or the, the selling price or buying price or whatever it is our second round picks i mean you see guys like Garrison Matthews and, and Bruno Fernando come in and, and now Sadiq Bay as well. I mean, how much does that add to the depth that the Hawks have on their bench? I mean, that's something that they kind of struggled with earlier in the season. Yeah, I mean, they're really deep at the wing now. You know, you got Murray and um, Hunter in the starting lineup. And then now you got Bogey and you got mm -hmm. Bay and you got Matthews and you got Griffin. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's a really deep group, I think. And most NBA teams are looking for that depth on the wing, especially if you have some versatility there, which I think they do. Uh, mm -hmm. Fields mentioned that, Fields and uh, McMillan mm -hmm. mentioned that um, Bay can play some, you know, three slash four. I think Hunter can play that small ball four as well, mm -hmm. too. So you have a deep group of wings with a lot of different skill sets. Um, and now it'll be up to McMillan, which I think that was an interesting thing that Landry said, hey, we give him the players and it's yeah. up to the coach how you do the rotation. But he has options now, more yeah. options than he had before. And you touched on it quite a bit in in your column this afternoon, Thursday afternoon, how how this team might be a little bit better off heading into the playoffs, but not necessarily having a deep run. So what would be the hindrance that would stop them from beating teams like, say, Boston or or Milwaukee, the Nets, uh, Philly? 
Well, it's what we've seen the inconsistency from them this season is um, defensively. Um, I thought they would get better when they got Clint coming back, but they've had some bad defensive games since he's been back. That was mm-hmm. kind of surprising. They struggle to keep people in front of them on the on the perimeter, and they don't really have much rim protection, especially when Clint's not in there. Uh, rebounding kills them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the fourth quarter, we get stagnant offense. We kind of saw it tonight. They pulled yeah. out the win, but, you know, you get, you know, Trey and uh, DJ going back and forth kind of um, – you know, wanting to set up their guy, mm-hmm. and, you know, and go one-on-one. Uh, Bogey does that too. So I think those are the things that, that can hurt them and eventually hurt them in the yeah. playoffs, especially since it looks like they're going to have to probably, you know, face Boston, Milwaukee, mm-hmm. or Philadelphia, one of, the, one of the top three teams in the East right now. Um, it'd be tough to beat those teams if you don't break those habits. Yeah. Gabe, what do these three guys that are coming in, how could they be the the X factor, if you will, which is not the right phrase, but it's just the most appropriate right now. Yeah, I thought they were, I thought the team was pretty underwhelming tonight. I mean, they end up with a 20-point lead, but it was just sloppy, you know, finishing and they never really could, you know, completely pull away. And so you're disappointed by that, but I mean, look, I look at this team and they're obviously not a championship caliber team this year. And they don't have a ton of assets to play with. Moving Collins is going to be assuming that they do decide to do that at some point. That's going to be one, you know, obvious main re- main means of them improving or trying to improve. But one thing I do like is when you you add a guy like Bay, you have a, you have Griffin who's been, you know, th- there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons to be encouraged mm-hmm. here. Uh, so you look there. They do have some young talent. They do have room to improve internally. And these guys are, as we look forward, even beyond this year, these guys are going to have to continue to really grow for this team to get where it wants to go. Because, simply put, like where they are right now, I mean, obviously people are already talking about the Trey situation. Murray's contract is up after next year. Mm-hmm. It's a delicate situation, and you just don't have a lot of assets to go out and make another deal. So it's going to be crucial for guys like Bay and Griffin to continue to take steps forward. And we'll go ahead and, and talk a little bit more about, you know, how these guys affected the, the salary cap and the luxury tax and all of that. But first, we're going to take a quick break. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I just wanted to take this time to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com. You guys are what makes all of this special. If you haven't joined our community yet, we have a special deal available right now to our listeners of this podcast. You can get unlimited digital access to everything the AJC has to offer for the next six months. And that's just for 99 cents. That's all of our stories on the AJC, our terrific e-paper, all of our newsletters, including Bradley's buzz from the legendary columnist Mark Bradley. That's just 99 cents for the next six months. So to take advantage of this offer, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. So again, with the Hawks bringing in these younger guys, these younger players, they're getting some talent at a much cheaper price. Of course, with Bay, you know, we've already acknowledged that his rookie 
deal is kind of starting to to come to an end there. So Trey kind of alluded to it in his post-game press conference as well that, you know, with him wanting to secure that rookie extension, he's going to be bringing it. So if you have a guy who's bringing it, I think it can go one of two ways. It can either go really well where he does what the team needs him to do and he shows um, that he can develop in the way that the team needs him to, or um, we might get a situation that uh, James Edwards of The Athletic kind of reported of why the the Pistons ended up trading Bay. He gets tunnel vision and, and can kind of fall into the trap of, I guess, freelancing a little too much. And so um, obviously we hope that when Sadiq Bay comes to to the Hawks, he's going to be the first option. And I don't want to put words into anyone's mouth or, or read too much into anything, but it seemed like Nick McMillan was very excited for the potential that Sadiq Bay could bring, especially with that versatility. So with getting guys at a cheaper price, what do you guys see being the upside for this Hawks team, especially with Bay, who was picked 19th overall in 2020? Yeah, I like I like Bay. Um, I like the Trace quote, like he likes to get his guys paid. Yeah. <laughs> but he's kind of right about that. And I think uh, Bay's uh, three point shooting is kind of has kind of slipped a little bit. But mm-hmm. when you play with Trey, that tends to go up. That's mm-hmm. what happened with Bogey. Like Bogey wasn't the kind of shooter he is now before he played with Trey. Trey gets guys open shots. Mm-hmm. So I think once Bay sees and once Trey convinces him, mm-hmm. look, if you want to get paid, yeah. Play within the flow. I'm gonna find you, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be feet set shooting, and your shooting percentage is gonna go up, and that's valuable. So people are gonna pay for that. So I think, he, I think he could be convinced to kind of, you know, end that that freelancing mm-hmm. and and be more of a spot off spot up guy and a guy who plays off of Trey. And I think that'll be that'll be really really good for the Hawks. Yeah, and you know, given the Pistons where they are in their team building cycle, right? I mean, they're rebuilding, but they do want to be a little more competitive next mm-hmm. year, at least start making the right steps. So it's a little bit of a red flag when you're trading a 23-year-old wing when you're at that. I mean, and they've got 100 centers now, yeah. right? But at the same time, <laughs> all the centers nobody wants. Yeah. <laughs> James Wiseman. Yeah. And, you know. But uh, at the same time, the Hawks end up getting him because of that. They get mm-hmm. him at you know a, a cheaper price than if he had been an ascending player mm-hmm. you know, going back to his rookie year and he had continued that, he wouldn't have been available, right? So there had to have been some things that they didn't like. So it's up to the Hawks now to kind of figure out, you know, what are those, mm-hmm. what is the downside? How can we really mitigate that? And yeah. how can we help this, help get this guy on the right track to keep growing into the player that he, he's shown before he can be? And I think one thing that might work in Sadiq Bay's favor is the fact that the Hawks are trying to transform themselves into uh, a player first organization and when they say player first they typically you know mean that they want to empower their players in a way that's going to help their development obviously they want to have that collaboration between coaches players obviously Kyle Korver is um, assistant GM now but he's going to continue that role as a guy who's helping with player development so you know I think bringing Sadiq Bey especially under the wing of a guy like Kyle Korver who's known for his ability to shoot uh, I mean, that should, in theory, help him get those numbers back up in addition to working with um, Trey Young and the court. And so, you know, we also have Garrison Matthews. We haven't talked a lot about him. 
I'm sorry, I'm a little bit biased because I covered Sadiq Bey in <laughs> Detroit for, for two years. So I know that he's a very hard worker. He's a hustler. Um, he's a gym rat. I mean, I, Coach Dwayne Casey would always joke about having to lock him out of the gym. And so having a guy like that in the fold who who's going give it, to give, it give it his all on both ends of the floor, even if he's not necessarily the most solid defender um i think that that bodes well for them um and then with garrison matthews in his case he's known for being a guy who is a little bit better on the defensive end he might get you into some fights but <laughs> um you know he's known for hey, being the, a better the defender hawks can use a little bit of that right a little grit the, the hawks could use a little bit of fight yeah yeah, yeah. they uh i think you know, we've seen it. Murray's probably one of the the more scrappier players on this team. So adding in another guy like Garrison Matthews, who might give you some more scrap, yeah. that that bodes well for them. I mean, what do you guys know about Matthews, and and how can he he be a little bit more of a factor? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a crowded wing rotation, yeah. but he can shoot. Mm-hmm. That's always useful. He's a solid defender, but it's a crowded wing rotation. Yeah. And one thing we haven't mentioned is, is Jalen Johnson. I mean, yeah. they're talking about these guys who can play three, four, I hope that Jalen Johnson doesn't get kind of lost in the shuffle because he deserves some minutes and you've seen him get better this season. And he's another guy that they need to improve as Gabe was talking about. And you need some of these young guys to improve because they're up against that tax line. Mm -hmm. You can't just keep bringing in veterans. You got to have young guys who, who uh, improve from within and uh, Jalen has done that this year. So I hope he doesn't get lost in the shuffle with, with these, uh, all these wings. I think the fact that Jalen does have the ability to handle the ball and we've seen him create opportunities for guys like Onyeka Okongwu and AJ Griffin that might entice Nate to maybe even have a little bit of a rotation that includes both Bay and Jalen Johnson in like a three, four, like obviously Bay playing the three Johnson playing the four, um, Johnson also offers a little bit more athleticism than Bay. That's yeah. not something that um, coming into the the league, Bay was known for. He wasn't known for being able to to put the ball on the backboard. Whereas Jalen Johnson, I mean, Clint Capella called him one of the most athletic players on this team. Yeah, yeah. And so, if that's where he continues to set himself apart, that's how he earns his minutes. And uh, Nate McMillan is a guy who loves when his players compete and earn their minutes on the floor. So I think that's kind of where he sets his, himself apart. Yeah, he's uh he's, he's an athletic guy. He can get to the rim. I mean, he's had some games where he looks really nice. You're like, mm-hmm. wow, I, you know, I see why why they got this guy. Uh, he can rebound. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've talked about pushing the pace. He's a guy who you want to you want to find him in open court because yeah. he can get to the rim. So yeah, I hope. I hope that he stays in the rotation even mm-hmm. after they add all these guys because he has a lot of potential. Gabe, how do you see him staying in the rotation? Well, you know, every, everything that you guys said is right. And, you know, the, what's the most valuable asset in the NBA today? It's a, it's a, ball, it's a big ball handling mm-hmm. wing, right? I mean, that's what everyone's looking for, these wings. And he really – he's the type of player athletically, size. He's the type of player who could really swing – this team, like this team's future, if he develops, mm-hmm. you know, and continues to make again steps forward. So, it, it goes back to what we've been talking about. They have several guys who can continue to improve. They're going to need it. Mm-hmm. They don't have assets to trade. They're mm-hmm. up against it financially. I mean, this is just where they are right now. And he's a guy that, again, look around the NBA. You know, everyone wants what Boston has, right? Those two guys are they're exactly what yeah. you want. And 
so having a guy like him who can develop into obviously not not Jason Tatum, <laughs> yeah. but, <laughs> a slower role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, again, this is just the type of player everybody's looking for, mm -hmm. and he's definitely somebody that could really be a difference in a playoff series for this team if he becomes the player that perhaps he's capable of. Being. For sure, I think you know one of the bigger biggest areas that we could see some improvement from him is his ability to shoot i mean yeah. that's not going to develop overnight though and i'm sure he's going to be the type of guy that'll that'll work on it all throughout the off season again kyle corver is in the building um so you hope that he takes on a little bit more of a role in terms of being a shooting coach or that maybe the hawks go out and get a guy who is a little bit more known for his ability to kind of fix fix shots um obviously you don't want to be fixing shots in the middle of the season <laughs> so you know you hope that either they'll recommend somebody that these guys go to especially with three-point shooting being down i mean i know they're starting to find their their stride a little bit um hitting 19 three-pointers against phoenix last week is obviously an indicator that things are happening but it it still seems like they are streaky um yeah. And so I guess you hope that guys like Garrison Matthews and, and Sadiq Bey can kind of help them find that consistency that they've lacked from, from the three-point range. But with those three players coming in, them sending Frank Kaminsky and Justin Holiday out, um, they're now 1.6 million under uh, or away from the luxury tax, which is about, what, 500K away from what they were at the beginning of the season, where they were like, what, 1.1 million away from, from the luxury tax. But... As we as we mentioned, you know, Bay, even Dejounte Murray, those guys are gonna want to get paid. Um, so they're still in a little bit of a sticky situation. I think they've alleviated some of that pressure, but I guess the big question goes back. I mean, are they able to find a trade partner for John Collins in the off season? Because that that will definitely be something that alleviates that worry that they have about creeping into the luxury tax. It'll be hard to do without, like I said, including a, a first round pick. And I guess they, they don't have many <laughs> yeah. left. So they, that, that's the thing. This, you know, that's, that's the other reason why I wasn't surprised that they didn't move John Collins or make a major move. They already made their major move. Mm -hmm. They already, like Gabe said, they don't have many assets left now. This this is the team. Mm -hmm. They have to, this team has to do it. They have, they have to get better on their own. Uh, I see their ceiling as a first round exit, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we were actually talking about this during the game. It just depends on the matchup, right, right. If, if you'd like them. But they're, it's a tough spot, and we knew that they would be here when they made the Murray trade. We mm -hmm. knew that it was going to be tough to make another you know, drastic addition without actually moving Murray or Trey, and who knows that you know that situation could arise. But uh, the Collins trade is going to be big. Mm -hmm. We're going to see them in the playoffs again this year, see what they need. Uh, but certainly it, it just it feels like this team is still – I mean, it's still a couple of pieces away from from really being taken seriously. Uh, so we'll just we'll see how the season ends and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at their starting lineup. Trey and Murray are very good starters. Mm -hmm. uh, Clint Capella, I would say, is a solid starter. Um, Hunter. He's a little inconsistent. A little inconsistent yeah. still. Like he's tonight, four for twelve. It's yeah. Like, um, you know, so really three good starters. Um, Hunter's all right. Collins is kind of in a bad mm -hmm. fit right now. Uh, Bulky's a good six man, but mm -hmm. I, I still I know that he was in a lot of uh, trade rumors. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that maybe they might get rid of him just because yeah. 
I don't know about that knee. He's been so bad defensively yeah. this year, this this season. And I think some of it has to do is his, his, his lack of mobility because mm -hmm. of that bad knee. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I agree with Greg, Gabe. I mean, another piece or two away from being a, a team like Boston, where you just you look at their starting lineup and you're like, yeah, every guy can play. Yeah, <laughs> and every you look guy at their bench play. and you're like, oh yeah, every that's guy a can good play. bench. Yeah, yeah, so every guy can play, and they do it every night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if they're not making shots. They're all connected defensively. You know, Boston's such a really good defensive team that they can, you know, survive those nights where they don't really shoot that shoot. well. The mm -hmm. Hawks, the Hawks aren't that team. They're not. And the East is tough. This is not this is not the old East, and it's gonna keep getting better, right? right? I mean, we'll see what ends up happening with Philly if they end up flaming out, but Boston's not going anywhere. Cleveland's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Eventually, the you know, the Knicks are hanging around. Eventually they're gonna get somebody to go yeah. there, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you have teams like we talked about, Detroit. Um, Cade comes back healthy. We've seen, you know, Orlando has mm -hmm. some really promising youth. I mean, teams yeah. are gonna keep rising. It's not it's not gonna be easy in the East and mm -hmm. And uh, in order for this team to really keep up, I mean, they're just there's still a few moves away for sure. And I mean, this season, they have a little bit of an easier path to the playoffs with the Nets trading away two of their their big stars. But as we know, those those guys can still play. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie was a, a solid running partner for for Luka Doncic before they decided to swap him out with Kyrie. You know, we've seen the rise of guys like Cam Cam Thomas and and Mikhail Bridges who who went to the Nets in the KD trade. So they're not necessarily a team that got horribly worse. Yeah. They're not as great as they were when they had KD and Kyrie, but they're they're still a solid team. So we'll see what what happens and with they the got Hawks. A, as Gabe pointed out earlier, they got a head start too on that yeah. record. They won again tonight. So. Mm -hmm. so we'll see what happens. But until then, this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. <laughs>